the book of Judges here tonight. We'll consider another thought from this time in history and from the people that lived during this time. Uh, we looked at last week a message along the lines of a people that stopped short, and that's what uh, these people did. They began to do what they were supposed to do, but as they got into the land, they uh, decided again to stop short of what God would have them to do. And we looked at several reasons why they might have done that. And uh, many of those same reasons are why sometimes we might uh, stop short of doing what God would have us to do. Uh, they lacked initiative, I believe, to some degree. They lacked resolve to finish. And they also thought, you know, we have a different kind of a plan. And that plan would include living with the Canaanites. And allowing them to pay us taxes or tribute. And again, as a result, there were some troubles that followed. And uh, we see there in the Bible, again, that God came along there in Judges chapter 2 and spoke to them. They repented, I believe, and it seems like they began to weep as a result of that. They went back to sacrificing like they uh, should have and, and uh, were uh, taught to do. And uh, as a result... Uh, they seem to have turned back to God to some degree there, it seems to uh, indicate there in Judges chapter 2. But uh, I'd like to consider here tonight another thought on the people there. And uh, again, this will kind of sum up uh, the rest of Judges chapter 2. As we consider here tonight, this thought of people plagued by their own decisions. People plagued by their own decisions. Uh, Judges chapter 2, let's just begin reading there. Again, we read through this last week, but we'll read through it again. It says, The angel of the Lord came to Gilgal from Bochum and, and said, I made you to go up to Egypt and have brought you out of the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. You shall make no league with the inhabitants of the land, but you shall throw down the altars. But you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Therefore I said, I will... Not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words to the, all the children of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept, and they called the name of the place uh, Bochum, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man into his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen the great works with the Lord, uh, of the Lord, and that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, being 110 years old, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance in uh, Timrathiferes, uh, in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill uh, Gaish. And as all the generations were gathered unto their fathers, there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods, the gods of the people which were round about them, and they bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And delivered them into the hands of the spoils. And they spoiled them. And they sold them into the hands of their enemies round about them. So that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had said. And as the Lord had sworn unto them. 
and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hands of them that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto judges, but went a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. And they turned quickly out of the way which the Lord God their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And the Lord raised them up judges. Then the Lord was with the judges and delivered them into the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For repent of the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. It came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers and found the gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. And they ceased not from their own doings or from their stubborn way. Look at these other verses that follow there here tonight, but I want to consider this thought here tonight about people plagued by their own decisions. Let's pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you again, Lord, for today. Thank you again for this time we can meet. Thank you again for the ability to have the Bible in our own language we can uh, hear and understand. Father, as we look at again this passage tonight and others from the Bible, help us again to just understand how people can uh, really get in trouble uh, by the decisions maybe that they make. And uh, yet at the same time, they can certainly be in a good, good position uh, by the decisions that they make. Again, help us see this here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. People played by poor or bad decisions. And uh, again, really that's what you see, I believe, in the book of Judges as a whole. This part of the book of Judges, Judges chapter 2, actually kind of summarizes what's coming ahead in the book. And we see, again, people plagued by their own decisions. I'm sure you have, or I have, or you've heard of people plagued by decisions they've made. And the decisions they make sometimes can be a trouble to them. These people decided corporately, not all of them, but corporately as a people to stray from God. They decided, again, as a people to make choices that they would have to live with. Uh, some were good, but really, honestly, I believe most were bad. It caused trouble to God's people who knew much better than what we see them do here in this passage of Scripture. But I want to consider tonight some decisions they made. First of all, a people that returned to serving God. This was a good decision. We see this in the first part of this chapter. Again, not going to go over this all again, but you see there in verse number five, it says, and they called on the name of the of that place, Bochum, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went, every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the good, great works that the Lord had done for Israel. We see here in this, in this Bible passage here, people that decided to get back to doing right. They returned to serving the Lord. It doesn't, I don't exactly know where this fits in, but we see in the Bible of people that God spoke to through an angel here, and they were told they were out of line with God's will, and they decided, you know what, we're going to get back and do what we're supposed to be doing. They did this, I believe, under the influence of a godly leader, Joshua. He encouraged them to serve the Lord, and you see in this passage the great influence that Joshua and the elders had on those that followed them. 
In fact, it says there in verse number seven, these words, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. Certainly influenced in their service to God. These people returned to serving God. They had indicated that they would serve God. For Joshua died, he encouraged the people to serve God. It's turned back there in Judges, sorry, Joshua chapter 24. He died at 110 years old. But before he died, he encouraged the people to serve the Lord. Again, we're not going to look through this whole chapter. You're familiar with verse 14. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And so he encouraged them to get rid of somewhat a plurality of, of, of serving or living for other gods and God and serve the Lord. And they made a covenant with God to do this. Verse 24, the people said unto Joshua, the Lord our God, we will serve in his voice, we will obey. In verse 25, so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them for a statue and ordinance in Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord uh, which we spake unto us. It shall be there as a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man to his inheritance, it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. Verse 31, And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, and which had known all the works which the Lord had done for Israel. And so we see here tonight, as we look at decisions here of people that returned to serving God, this was a good decision. People serving God, well, Joshua is alive and well. There you see in the Bible, well, the elders that outlived Joshua were alive, that seed all these great works which he had done. It's good for a people to serve the Lord through the influence of someone else. The influence of Joshua and those elders was great when it comes to the people. The Bible says there, verse number 7 of Joshua chapter 2, and the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. People are often influenced, especially younger people are often influenced by people that are doing the right thing. We see this in the case of Joshua and the elders. They served the Lord and those that followed them continued to serve the Lord. I'd like to look at another case of this, if we could, just for a moment here. Let's turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 24. It's another case of this in the Bible that's a, a prominent case where you see someone influenced by maybe the older generation, by someone, again, maybe that's uh, doing the right thing, and they're just kind of following the footsteps of that person. That's certainly a good thing. The reign and influence of godly people throughout history has helped others to follow a godly example. And so it's good for us, again, to set an example that others can follow in our footsteps. But sometimes it seems like some people, without those leaders there, they seem to slide. And that does happen, it seems, with the people that followed after Joshua. 
Let's pick up in Second Samuel chapter 24. We're going to read a little bit about uh, the influence of Jehoiada on uh, Joash here. Second Chronicles chapter 24. One of the youngest reigning kings there in history certainly would be this Joash. And we read about him in, starting in verse 1, 2 Chronicles 24, verse 1. Joash was seven years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Zebiah of Beersheba. The Joash did that was a right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. How long did Joash do good? As long as Jehoiada was alive. And Jehoiada took him two wives, and he begat sons and daughters, and came to pass after this that Joash was minded to repair the house of the Lord. And he gathered the, to gather the priests and the Levites and said, Go out unto the cities of Judah and gather all the of Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year and see that you hasten in the matter, howbeit the Levites hasten not. And the king called for Jehoiada the chief and said unto him, Why hast thou not required the Levites to bring out of Judah and out of Jerusalem the collection according to the commandment of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and of the congregation of Israel for the tabernacle of witness? For the sons of Athaliah, that wicked woman, hath broken up the house of God and also... Uh, the dedicated things of the house of God did they bestow upon Balaam. So you can see here in the Bible they have some struggles with false faith, false religions there. It says, and at the king's commandment, again, that's Joash there, they made a chest and set it without the gate of the house of God. And they made a proclamation about Judah and Jerusalem to bring the, to the, in, unto the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had laid up for Israel in witness. And so they're going to do something according to the word of God, just getting back to the Bible, doing what's right. Joash led in this. It says, and all the princes and all the people rejoiced and brought in, casting the chests until it made an end. It came to pass that at the time the chest was brought to the king's office by the hands of the Levites. And when they had saw that there was much money, the king's scribes and high priests officers came to empty the chest and took it and carried it to the palace again. Thus they did by day, and gathered the money in abundance. The king and Jehoiada gave it to such as did the work of the service of the house of the Lord, the hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord, and also such that wrought iron and brass to commend the house. So they're fixing up the house of God. They're paying, again, people to do it, according, again, to, you know, gathering some offerings and getting some people to work there. Verse 13, it says, So the workmen wrought, and the work was perfected by them, and they set the house of God in state and strengthened it. When they had finished it, they brought the rest of the money, which the king and Jehoiada, wherein they had made the vessels of the house of the Lord, even the vessels to minister, to offer with all the spoons, the vessels of gold, the silver. They offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord, continue all the days of Jehoiada. Not underlying the Bible there. They continued doing all these things all the days of Jehoiada. But Jehoiada waxed old and full of days when he died, and 130 years old was he when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house. And after the death of Jehoiada came the princes of Judah and made obeisance to the king, that's to Joash, 
Then the king hearkened unto them. And they left the houses of the Lord, God their fathers, and served groves and idols. And the wrath of the Lord came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this trespass. Yet they sent prophets to them to bring them again to the Lord. And they testified against them, but they went give ear. And the Spirit of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Why transgress the commandments of the Lord? You cannot prosper because you have forsaken the Lord. He hath also forsaken you. And they conspired against him and stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king, Joash. That's sad, isn't it? It's really sad if you actually get this, what happened here. I mean, Joash was doing great as a king. Joash and Jehoiada were great in ministry together. But after Jehoiada died, you see there in the Bible that Joash listens to some influences that he shouldn't have listened to that caused him to some degree to do wrong. Verse 18, and they left the house of the Lord God, their fathers, and served the groves and idols, and the wrath of God was against them. And there's just a mess that follows there. And then it says, The Spirit of the Lord came on Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest. So you've got the son of Jehoiada, Jehoiada, son. And he preaches there. And they kill him. Thus, 22, it says, Thus Joash, the king, remember not the kindness which Jehoiada, his father, had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, the Lord look upon it and require it. Oh, not good. Anyways, what you see in these two passages, both in the book of Judges and Joash, you see the powerful influence of a godly person in the life of individuals. Both Jehoiada here, and Joshua, and the elders that outlived Joshua were a powerful influence on those that followed after them. But the people strayed after they passed off the scene, which is not good. But we see in the Bible the good choice, the wise choice, was to serve the Lord. That began with Joshua and those that outlived Joshua. Let's move back to our text in Judges chapter 2. People were plagued by their own decisions. I say that here tonight as they decided here soon after Joshua and those that outlived Joshua died, that they were going to serve a plurality of gods. And uh, really, you see that in most cases, everywhere around the world, you see people serving a multitude of gods. Judges chapter 2, verse number 10, it says, And also the generation that were gathered unto the fathers... There rose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed after other gods of the gods of the people that were round about and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Balaam and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them in the hands of their enemies round about them, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. The generation before could conquer their enemies. This generation can't even stand before their enemies. But the people decided corporately, I'm not saying everyone there, but the people decided corporately that they were going to serve a plurality of gods. They were going to join themselves to the gods of the lands. 
It's interesting here in the Bible how it describes that generation that followed there in verse number 10, and you've probably heard messages along this line before, but there's a generation after them which knew not the Lord. The generation after this first generation that knew not the Lord. Without going into great detail, this knowing not the Lord doesn't mean they don't know anything about God. It is that they do not have a real relationship with God. It's kind of like, and again, I hate to pick on the salt, but be, be a Baptist in faith, but not really a believer in faith. A generation found that knew not the Lord, nor the works that he had done. And again, we see here, I believe, a lost generation that followed. I'm not saying everybody was lost in that generation, but they had a knowledge of God. They had allegiance not to God. They had allegiance to the gods of the land now. And this was a trouble to them. It mentions there, in verse number 12, it says, They forsook the Lord, God of the fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed the other gods, the gods of the people. So now they're making a choice to have multiple gods. I don't think we need to go into detail on who these gods are to a large degree, but it does identify at least the two prominent ones there in verse number 13. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. These were the gods of the Canaanites. These are the false gods of the lands. These are the gods that did nothing for them, did nothing for the people before, did nothing for them afterwards. Like Solomon, they decided to serve false gods. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 11. Like Solomon, what do you mean? Like Solomon, to some degree, Solomon got snared in this too. Not just serving God, but deciding, you know what? I'm going to also be involved with serving other gods. And so really that second generation is not that they had nothing to do with God. They knew about God because they would turn at times to the Lord in their affliction and God would come there and help them and show grace to them. But they chose for a time not to serve the Lord. First Kings chapter 11 here in verse number 5. It says there, well, let's read verse 4 too. It says, And it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as it was, uh, as, as it was with the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom and the abominations of the Amorites. And Solomon went after Ashtaroth. Go back to Judges chapter 2. He went after Ashtaroth. Well, that's, that's the same God that those that followed Joshua turned to, Ashtaroth. They served Ashtaroth. Should have never been involved with serving Ashtaroth, but they served Ashtaroth. Who is Ashtaroth? She is a female goddess of the land. Exactly who she is, I don't know for sure. But she certainly is one that's aligned with nature. The moon, the stars, the planets. Some believe she is the moon goddess. And uh, in most cases that seems to be what she probably was, a moon goddess. But on the other side there was this guy by the name of Baal. You'll find throughout the Old Testament people having struggles serving Baal. 
I mean, the famous Elijah scenario where, you know, who's God? Baal or Jehovah God? And so we see here in the Bible here that people decide to serve a plurality of gods. This is very unwise. This is, again, uh, something that you see throughout history. You see, again, even, I believe, in our society, you can see that even in uh, believers to some degree, it seems to be today, they have multiple gods that they worship. A god that you worship or a god to serve is someone that gives commands and, and tells you what to do. But this shouldn't have happened with these people, and it became a big problem. Let's turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Uh, they knew better. Uh, they lived and, and knew much better. They had a generation that had uh, uh, came into Canaan land, began to conquer the land and do a lot of good things there. Uh, but then there came this generation after them that certainly struggled a lot spiritually. And uh, we find there in the Bible they decide to serve a plurality of gods. And we need to be careful about trying to serve Jehovah God and other gods. It can be a problem. Uh, Deuteronomy 7, verse number 25, it says here, The graven images of their gods shall you burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or the gold that is in them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared with them. For this is an abomination to the Lord. And so they were supposed to destroy, to burn these images. Deuteronomy chapter 12, Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse number 1, it says, These are the statutes and judgments which you shall observe to do in the land which the Lord God your fathers giveth you to possess. All the days that you live upon the earth, you shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations you shall possess serve their gods, Upon the high mountains, upon the hills, every green tree. You shall overthrow the altars and break the pillars and burn their groves with fire. You shall hew down the graven images of their God and destroy the names of them out of the place. You're supposed to get rid of all this stuff. Verse 10. But when you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which your Lord, uh, Lord your God giveth to you to inherit, when, you, when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about it, you should dwell in safety. Verse 29, just going to skip through some verses here. Verse 29, observe and hear all the words that I command you, that it may be well with you and with your children after you forever, even thou that doest uh, which is good and right in the sight of the Lord, when the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whither thou goest to possess, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their land, take heed to thyself, that thou be not snared for following them after they be destroyed before thee, and that thou acquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Hey, what are these gods about? Let's turn back to our text here in Judges. They, they look into the gods of the land. They decide they're going to serve the gods of the land. They decide they're going to forsake the Lord, verse 13, and serve Baal and Ashtaroth instead. doesn't mean that God wasn't in their thoughts at all. He just wasn't centered in their worship or in their life or their service now. We see here, thirdly, here in the Bible, a people extended the grace of God even in the midst of this poor choice. I like this part here in verse number 14. Whither they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, 
as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hands of those that spoiled them. God raised up judges. Yes, they were chastened of the Lord by these individuals, their enemies, in verse number 14. But God came around and gave them, again, these judges to be a help to them, to be local saviors. That's what a judge was at those times. He was a local savior, a deliverer. You're familiar with Samson and some of the others there in the Bible. He sent and raised up these people to help the people of God to try to direct them back towards God, to keep them in the good way, to destroy their enemies. Let's just read a little bit about a couple of them here. Judges chapter 3 here, verse number 9, he's mentioned in the next chapter as we look at more of the details. It says, And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them. Even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he judged Israel, and went out to war. And we'll read more about him in time to come. Judges chapter 4, verse number 5, it says there, And she dwelt under the palm, of Deborah, a palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to hear her judgment. Raised up Othniel, raised up Deborah. We'll read a lot about these different individuals. Chapter, we'll skip through a little bit. Chapter 6, verse number 14. Chapter 6, verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And so God sent these, these judges. He allowed these judges to be born. He allowed these people to come into the lives of God's people as they were worshiping false gods. And he sent these judges to be a help to them, to be a blessing to them, to destroy their enemies, and also to be saviors to them, to direct them into will and way of God. And it says this here, in verse number 17, let's look back here, Judges chapter 2, it says, And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but went a-whoring after other gods, and bowed themselves to them, and they turned quickly out of the way which the Lord Father had walked in and obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And so these judges would come along and tell them to turn to God, to serve Jehovah God, to live for God, yet they wouldn't hearken to them. Spiritual adultery took place, but yet in the midst of that, grace also took place. God raised up judges. I like that in verse number 16. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges. Why did he do this? Verse 15, they were greatly distressed. They needed help. They needed savers. They needed deliverers, and God raised up these to help them at that time. God raised up these individuals as God's people turned to God and said, we need your help. And so God came along and helped them. How long did these judges help God's people? Through this 450-year time period. You can see that in Acts chapter 13, verse number 19 through 20. We're not going to turn there here tonight. 
But these people turn to other gods in the land. Let's turn back there to Judges chapter 2, verse number 17. I just want to move on here. As we think about God extending grace to God's people, He extended grace to God's people uh, when they needed it. And that's a lot like He does today. He extends grace to, to people in general as we need it. Judges chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And yet they would not hearken to the judges, but they went a whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them, and they turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised up judges, when the Lord was with the judges and delivered them in the hand of their enemies out of all the days of the judge, for repent of the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow themselves unto them. And they ceased not from their doings nor from their stubborn way. And the anger of the Lord was hot against them. I'm just going to stop there for now. We see the people plagued by their choices. God would send them judges. Helpers, assistants, saviors, local saviors, friends that would point them back towards God and the truth, yet they rejected them. They were plagued because they would not listen to the judges. You see there, they turned quickly out of the way. Verse number 17, they would not hearken unto the judges. People won't listen to the messengers of God, the helpers of God, those that want, again, those in their society or in their country, to turn back to God. You see again, the people just reject them. Let's turn to Psalm 106. You know, God through history has sent different people by different names, judges, prophets, preachers, persons, today witnesses, again, Christians, to be a light to this world to try to turn people back to God. But in general, the same kind of thing happens. People won't listen to them. Psalm 106, I just want to read here a few verses here. Actually, it's not just one or two, but I guess kind of part of this chapter here. Psalm 106 here, verse 24, you see the heart of God here. It says, Therefore he said unto me, When I destroy them, had not Moses his chosen stood up before him, in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yea, they despised the pleasant land, they believed not his word, they murmured in their tents, they hearkened not to the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. And they joined themselves to Baal Peor, and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and plague to break among them. And they stood up, Phineas, and executed judgment. And so the plague was stayed. They were counted unto him for righteousness unto their generations forever. And they angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sake, because they provoked his spirit, so that they spake unadvisedly unto him. Verse 34, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them. But they mingled among the heathen and learned their works, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their devil, uh, daughters unto devils. 
and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed on the idols of the Canaanites. The land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled among their own works and went a whoring after their own inventions. Therefore the wrath of the Lord was kindled against his people insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. He gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them. The underline in the Bible, many times did, did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel. They were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction, and when he heard their cry, he remembered for them his covenant, repented according to the multitude of his mercies, for he made them also to be pitied of all that carried them captive. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks to thy holy name and to the triumph of their play. Blessed be our, the Lord our God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Let the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. But the people wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't listen to the judges. Turn back to Judges chapter 2. The people wouldn't listen to the judges. The judges were sent as gifts to the people to help them, to direct them, to fight against their enemies, to lead them in battle, to encourage them to faith in God, to encourage them back towards the things of the Lord. But yet they rejected much of what was given them. Verse 20, it says, And the anger of the Lord was against Israel, and he said, Because thou hast, uh, because that this people have transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, and not hearken unto my voice, I will also not henceforth drive out any of them from the lands of the nations which Joshua left when he died, that through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk therein as their fathers did to keep it or not. Therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out hastily, Never, uh, neither delivered he them to the, in the hand of Joshua. Again, as you look at these decisions here, here tonight, we see the people plagued by their own choices. First of all, they did some good things in returning to God. We see them deciding to serve multiple gods, which wasn't a good thing. Yet God extended them grace as they prayed to him and asked help of him. Yet they wouldn't listen to these judges. And so what was God's choice? I just want to mention that before we end here tonight. What was God's choice there? It was to allow these heathen to continue to prove them. Verse 22, it says, And through them I may prove Israel whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers did or not. Uh, wherefore the Lord left the nations without driving them out hastily, neither delivered them out of the hand of Joshua. He left these enemies in the land to try them, to prove them, to help them again to be what they should be for God. Judges, again, is a book of choices. And we see again some here in the Bible where these individuals were plagued by uh, bad choices, but also uh, did some things that good as far as some good choices. And so as we end here tonight, I want to encourage you from this passage of Scripture to make good choices. Follow the godly examples that are set before you. Ask God for help in your distress, even if you go very far from God. 
and avoid the poor choices of picking other gods and listening and not listening to the messengers of God. All right, some thoughts here that you can take with you here tonight. Let's close as we consider the word of God here tonight.